Ben and Duncan, why don't you guys introduce yourselves and talk about, you know, what is it you guys do and what, what's your background? Uh, my name is Lynn Bear. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm uh, formerly a physician from, um, from the USSR, from the, uh, um, from the former USSR. I uh, um, specialized in, uh, I uh, was a medical doctor, specialized in endocrinology, came over here in um, 93 to work for a pharmaceutical company and in the area of my research. And then uh, um, I was prepared to um, get licensed in the the States, but, you know, things on the uh, business side took over and, and, and I stayed on the business side and, uh, um, currently working in the regulatory field, um, for a company in Chicago area, um, U.S. naturalized citizen, um, married, um, and been target of directed energy weapons since 2019. Since 2019. Yeah, in the summer of 2019. Three it's years ago. Three, just over three years ago, it started um, happening to me. Um, and um, was diagnosed um, in 2020 uh, with um, vestibular dysfunction due to directed energy exposure by the same um, um, team of experts that diagnosed. Cuban diplomats. Um, Duncan? Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so and, uh, I have uh, an Ivy League background, education. And I've been studying uh, and human rights activism for what is now currently termed Vanis Syndrome. But this has been going on for quite some time. I worked for DARPA uh on projects for the cia for uh the navy for example wrote the artificial intelligence code tracked the soviet nuclear submarine fleet um but uh about 20 years ago i realized some of my research was being utilized on my own citizens and that was unacceptable to me and since then i've done hundreds of interviews interviewed 2500 victims or targeted individuals, as they're called, uh, found commonalities of all their stories. And uh, I've spoken to uh, with the head of the LA FBI to the Senate Intelligence Committee, 23 senators uh, and representatives um, with very, with some interest. And I said, just wait when it starts happening to their agents, diplomats, and the FBI. So interestingly, a story came out yesterday that it's happening to the FBI now. Mm. What is your educational background? Um, I have uh, uh, an MBA from Dartmouth, a Master's of Science from Harvard, PhD uh, in Applied Sciences, Computer Science, Artificial Intelligence, pre-medical uh, in engineering. Um and uh, other classes in from Stanford, uh, Duke, and um, MIT. So, yeah, I've been in school most of my life. And how <laughs> did you get into working with DARPA and the CIA? It was odd. I, I gave a resume 
to a headhunter, ironically, and they're called headhunters, and my head was taken for a CIA think tank. Um, uh, at the time, I didn't know it. It was a technology think tank, mm. um, and it was all funded by DARPA, and then I got shuffled around as a scientist to these various other projects. For people who aren't familiar, could you tell us what DARPA is? Uh, Defense Advanced Research Project Agency. Uh, they do all of the pie-in-the-sky projects, uh, long-term, um, uh, well-funded. I have some of the best scientists, and it's um, mainly where all the top-secret research goes on. Uh, and that uh, some of it I can talk about, some of it I can't, and it's a very fine line. I'm not trying to hurt my country. I'm not trying to hurt anyone here, but... Uh, um, there is a cover-up going on about the Havana syndrome. And so this is what we're hoping Len and I to expose today. So uh, when did you guys meet each other? And how did you guys meet? So after I was diagnosed with Havana syndrome by Dr. Hoffer at the University of uh, uh, Miami, I started uh, reaching out to um, uh, elected officials, to all the researchers, um, um, one of the people I contacted uh, gave me Robert's book, uh, Soul Catcher, uh, Project Soul Catcher. I read it and I said, I have to meet this guy. And I contacted him on social media and made a trip. I, uh, uh, I live in the Chicago area, just about 45 minutes from, from downtown and uh, contacted Robert, uh, said, uh, asked to, uh, uh, to uh, fly to meet him, and uh, we flew to um, um, Idaho and um, spent the day uh, talking, and I learned a lot about it, and I continue learning from 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 Robert. Uh, we became friends, uh, and we have common goal to expose this. Um, so how did you first develop this, this syndrome? What was happening? What were you doing? You were a civilian. You weren't working in the government right. in any capacity. So how does this happen to a civilian? It just started happening. Uh, I developed tinnitus, uh, the ring in the ear. Um, first at like in certain parts of, of the house. And I heard noises and voices and I could not figure out and then vibrations these vibrations uh experientially it's like nothing else you well there's no neurological disorder that 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 feels like that and i can tell you as a patient and as a physician um experientially it is um very distinct your whole body vibrates. Your head is heavy pressure. It's the sound is deafening. You get disoriented. Um, can't walk. Can't talk. Uh, it it incapacitates you, and it can last from ten minutes to thirty minutes to an hour and a half. And it's very painful. It's very uncomfortable, and um, it feels like concussion. It, after after that, it, and and you actually have symptoms of concussion, the the uh, movement of the eyes, nystagmus, and, and 
this is why uh, some people um, give it the name Immaculate Concussion. Mm. But um, I had, it was escalating. I was searching for an answer. I had convulsions from it, which is, which is one of the uh, um, things that people experience. Um, I realized how serious it was. Uh, neurologists were unable to diagnose. I um, started looking through the literature, found a um, paper by Dr. Hoffer, where he describes 25 um, diplomats that he examined and diagnosed with what he called acquired neurosensory dysfunction. And that's the diagnosis that he gave to these diplomats. And he gave this diagnosis to me. Um, but my attacks did not happen overseas. They happened domestically in my house. And I, I traveled and stayed at hotels, went to uh, other states, and it was happening there too. So not it's just not one location. And it escalated, escalated, escalated. Then I was diagnosed with um, traumatic encephalopathy, basically like post-traumatic brain syndrome. Uh, but there's no injury. There's no concussion. This is not a um, type of injury where you have mechanical trauma. Right. This is energy. This is um, what they call non-kinetic um, uh, weaponry. And I, and this is how we met. What, why would somebody like you be targeted? What were you doing? Were you, were you dealing with other people in government or diplomats? Or do you have any reason to suspect that somebody would target you with something like this? None. I, I have no idea why I was chosen to uh, be targeted. And I have, I keep no government secrets. I never worked for, for a government. I, I don't know what the reason is and I'm not doing it. So, so perhaps people who do it to me would know the answer. So is this something that you believe happened to you one time and it had like a lasting residual effect? Or do you think this is something that happened? You were targeted by some sort of weapon or something multiple times, multiple times on ongoing basis. I just had two attacks this morning before I got on the plane these are active attacks and I am um, experientially they feel exactly the same the vibrations the um, all the symptoms are the same and not only that I have a brain scan that I um, did in April and did in October so in six months what what this Havana syndrome is also uh, described as um, brain connectivity disorder. So it disrupts connectivity between neural nodes within the brain. And I have these broken connections, these called delta waves that you only experience, you only supposed to have it uh, during deep sleep. And I have them all over and these are, basically non-functional connections between, between neural nodes. And since April to October, 
of this year, I have 20% more. There's no degenerative neurological disorder that behaves that that like that. This is a very um, fast progress and um, um, because I'm having I'm having these daily active attacks. These are not functional episodes. These are active attacks that make me vibrate, make, make me disoriented. They're extremely painful. Sometimes I just have to go to the basement and scream in the pillow. It, 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 it's extremely debilitating. I'm on, I've been on medical leave for the last year and um, it's hard for me to do any cognitive work. I work when I can. So when you say it's it's actively happening, you think that this is being something that's controlled or do you think it is something that just has a, a, an effect that lasts over a long period of time and it happens sporadically at random times? I think that it is. these are active attacks. These are not... Uh, residual, these are not functional episodes. Yeah. So their, their episodes are not random? No, they're random. I can't predict when, when they, when they're going to happen. They can happen. They, it can wake me up in the middle of the night. It can happen. There's no pattern. There's no pattern. When you hear to, when you listen to, sorry, when you listen to newer weapon experts, that warn us about these attacks. They call them intentional. So these are intentional attacks. These are not, the brain does not uh, uh, produce, produce them. It, there's a school of thought that these are functional neurological disorder, but in, in fact, the brain injury from these energy attacks are classified as organic. So there's a damage to the brain. So to answer this question scientifically would be, would take somebody to measure that energy coming into my brain, but the detection methods in the intelligence reports are classified. So I can't tell you that this energy is coming in because I'm not measuring it. Nobody is measuring, nobody is investigating it. But I guarantee you these are active attacks. I, I'm, I'm the biggest skeptic. I'm, I'm scientifically minded. I, I have no doubt that these are active attacks. There was uh, a recent uh, documentary on CNN, uh, Immaculate Conception, where the doctor who was investigating, who was CIA, came down with the same symptoms. Um, so it's kind of interesting. The doctors they hired that you know, uh, they are not even allowed to know. Talk directly into that thing. That they do not even know that we've been working on the same weapons, directed energy weapons, often referred to as do mind control weapons, 
Chinese are working on, the Russians and U.S. have had them for a long time. <coughs> but dial-in lethality the, the, uh, is uh, what's happening oftentimes for those that show mild traumatic brain injury. Uh, it can be done through cavitation effects using sound waves, highly unlikely in the Cuba embassy attacks. Um, and it can be done through microwave-directed energy uh, if it's amplified. In fact, there's something called the Frey effect. Uh, the Army had it on their website called V2K, and that's how a lot of people refer to it, uh, that can pipe voices into someone's head. You can't plug your ears. It actually vibrates the brain, which is like many concussions, through the small pulses that expand the tissue and then contracts it, then goes to the inner ear where they can hear it. Um, if you just turn that up, it causes brain damage. You're heating the brain. Uh, so there are a lot of ways, just uh, and a weapon, for example, that I think is reclassified now, but it was done at the University of Nevada as a non-lethal weapon uh, that resonates the dopamine uh, cells of your brain, producing cells of your brain, um, and it floods it. Now, it, it worked. They, the Air Force reclassified it. Um, Floods your brain with dopamine? Yeah, dopamine dump. And um, that incapacitates the adversary uh, in a non-lethal way. Not totally non-lethal, though. If you have too much neurotransmitter in your brain, it's a neurotoxin. It will also cause brain damage. So brain damage can occur uh, through these weapons that are non-lethal in many, uh, many different ways. Do you have any way of describing or do you – is there any evidence anywhere that could explain something that's happening like to describe what Len is describing is happening to him? Is there any sort of weapon that you're aware of that can do that? Uh, sure. It's very complex. Um, but if you cognitively model someone, you have a brain print, like a fingerprint. And if you use autocorrelation techniques, uh, and there's a way, and we'll just kind of wave our hand, functional MRI that you can do at a distance over the earth, uh, you have every human being brain pattern. You can control 8 billion brains on the planet, potentially read them pre-crime. I mean, you can imagine during warfare, uh, it'd be useful for a number of objectives. So in that situation, you'd want it continuous and you'd beam the entire earth over it. You're like a cell phone. Your brain is a circuit. So if you're dialed in, once you have a cognitive model, um, you would never be able to escape it under the magnetosphere or ionosphere. Um, it, it's worldwide. And you can ask, you know, a number of people in every country, is it happening in your country? And they're just like the exact same symptomology. Other than the symptomology and the vast amount of people in government and so forth that experience these same symptoms, what other evidence do we have of technology like this? Well, I sent you some articles and papers. Uh, there are just many books. You can go on Google. Um, the difference between 
I just don't believe these diplomats are being hit and by a drive-by microwave weapon. I think the brain damage is being done because the brain rewires itself more rapidly. Let's say you lose your eyesight, then your hearing and taste of smell, uh, your taste and smell get better. Your brain adapts faster. Mm. During this adaptation process, uh, you can insert an external signal, sort of like hiving brains together. Ex- insert an external signal. Yes, uh, an electromagnetic signal. Um, and how, how would you do that, you might ask. And the details get very complex. Um, but there are several patents that you can access that talk about um, inserting a signal into the int- microcircuits and macrocircuits of the brain. Now, you got to know those patterns, the lock and key mechanism. Otherwise, it won't affect you. It will only affect the target brain if the brain print fits. Um, the brain print. Yeah, signature. Everyone has a unique one. Mm. And uh, you ask, well, how do you broadcast this over the world? How do we talk nuclear submarines underwater? How do you explain this is happening to Len? How do you rationalize it? Um, I can because, uh, one, it follows... Uh, uh, the symptomology, like I said, of all these others. Right. But for me, um, I don't know if uh, he wants me to mention this. Uh, let me ask him in private. Hold on. Okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, can I talk? Um, here's how I do my studies, and I, I wanted to find the commonalities, but I have to throw away the ones I'm uncertain about that are true targets. You know, maybe there's natural schizophrenia. There's a whole bunch of chemical imbalances, et right, cetera. Right. These weapons can actually induce and mimic all those diseases and effects. Um, but the conversations, the scripts they're called, are always the same. I've heard them all. They're slightly tailored for each individual, but they're scripts. Um, And they're meant to confuse the very derogatory. uh, That's just typical breakdown. You know, if you've ever been to boot camp, you're a a worm until you're Mm -hmm. part of the team. And why would you want to break down the ego of that person to rebuild it? So this gets into creating Manchurian candidates, split personality spies, and uh, information couriers, people that will carry messages to other places without being aware that they're actually doing it. Mm. Um, So you can imagine the misperception that is caused by this. And a lot of people, uh, a lot of uh, the targets when they're interviewed are tricked into believing evil aliens have abducted their brains, um, demons. They're tricked? Yes. How are they tricked? (laughs) They're told. By who? By the voices, the V2K. So they'll say, we're the Russian government, we're the Chinese government, we're evil aliens, we're Satan's, you know, satanic ritual abuse. Uh, And I've heard all the stories. One guy believed it was... Uh, some 14-year-old kid with an Xbox that lived next door. The trickery really is that great when you're under hypnosis that people will believe 
something other than a massive government uh, could do this. Um, and so anyway, what, you know, our inter- my interview with Len, he very well described a typical breakdown script that's used on almost all the TI victims. TI stands for targeted individuals. Um, some of them are pretty crazy. They go, they have names like Alice in Wonderland, Wizard of Oz, um, and those are the confusion tactics. And when they're breaking down the ego of the human through all the pains and tortures and, and the verbal breakdown, um, these are typical CIA torture scripts. I mean, <laughs> Kubark manual. Mm. Uh, and they do good cop, bad cop interrogation called Jeff and Mutt. And uh, they go right through the list, right? Just textbook. So whoever the handlers are, on the other side of this synthetic telepathy, they're following the handbook perfectly, and they've been trained. But why Len? Uh, and everyone asks that. Why me? Every target. So sometimes they come up, oh, I cut some guy, important guy off in traffic. He put me on a list, or it's my ex-husband, or, or something like that. If they, obviously, if you work for government, you're just like, well, obviously, it's, <laughs> it's the government. But right. um, you want a random sample of the population in all languages, all cultures, uh, in order for a worldwide weapon of an AI system that can... Uh, interact with every human brain, for example. When you take, uh, if you develop a new drug, well, you have a control group, and then you give the you know, placebo, and then you have the, the actual uh, drug experiment in order to do a double-blind study. Right. So why me? I'm nobody. Well, that's exactly probably why they chose you. Right, but if they're doing some sort of an experiment like this and testing him, how would they gather information? How would they know about Len's symptoms and know how Len is feeling? How would they know it's working? You want to answer that? Yeah, I believe that there is a um, um, it's a two way by by direction by directional connection, and once again, it's called remote neural monitoring and intervention. There are patents around it. The um, Plus, the medical information that I produce is probably very relevant to them if it is, in fact, human experimentation uh, without consent, which is violates Nuremberg, Geneva Convention, every human right. But that's a speculation on my part because I'm not the one doing it. It's been done to me, and I don't know why. I don't know who is doing it what the purpose is, I can only speculate. And let me interject here. So a lot of the, uh, not a lot, a uh, few of the targets were true Manchurian candidates. Uh, I tried to speak with, uh, um, with Senator uh, Clinton at the time. She wouldn't talk to us. And one of the reasons I wanted to bring this up to her is because someone was hearing her voice, ventriloquism, and they believe she was the one torturing them. And that's how you program, uh, they're called programmed assassins. And I thought she might be interested in that. Um, and so if you're programming someone to go after, let's say, a political target, uh, all you have to do 
is uh, use voice morphing um, and pipe in the tortures, the pains, and 24 hours, make it an artificial intelligent chatterbot too, and uh, you'll drive the person crazy and they'll want to kill and stop the pain of the target, <laughs> which they'll go after that person, be it their neighbor, be it a lot of these school shootings. Uh, I think that you hear about on the news, they hear voices and we, the news, you know, the mass news media will just write them out. Oh, they're crazy. Um, there's a story apparently about, about people seeing a white van or what, what, let me ask you, let me just ask you this. What do the people who claim that Havana syndrome is like some fake thing that's con that's like created by schizophrenics or whatever, talking about crazy things. What, what, sort of arguments are they making they're using a pseudoscience of that's kind of a tautology of psychiatry if we find an abnormality in a person we then classify it and then it becomes a disease a mental illness now the problem with that is if we're trying to hide a very sophisticated weapon, one that actually targets the mind, there's no way to use that model of science um, to explain it. You immediately are discrediting it. You're being a skeptic. You're not finding the alternative hypotheses. Um, So the people that say these things, one, it hasn't been done to them. They haven't worked on the weaponry. They haven't done their research, and it's just, it's a kind of a lazy mind. They just rather say everyone's crazy, mass delusion. Uh, they think the sky is falling, et cetera. And that's just, you know, I, I don't, since I know they exist, and I've studied this for 20 years and worked on portions of it, uh, I have very bad things to say about those people. Now, what did you, what, when you worked on programs for DARPA and the CIA, what sort of, you worked on neurotechnology? Is that right? Um, Again, we're, we're getting into a fine line about my background, what I can talk about, but EEG controlled robots, you know, which is a project, robotic surgery and medicine, uh, uh, voice, identification and morphing technologies, um, natural language processing, signal intelligence of tanks from satellites, things like that. Um, But uh, I can't talk directly about too much about the very details of the advanced sensors and systems involved, if you can appreciate that. Well, um, you know, some of the greatest innovation in technology obviously comes from war and the military industrial complex. Um, Are there any positive aspects of neurotechnology and this type of technology that are being utilized or that are being developed? Oh, absolutely. Um, You know, if you go throughout history, uh, all technologies are neutral. Fire can cook food, kill bacteria, keep you warm, but uh, it can burn down villages. Uh, So the war machine will almost always use it first for their advantage and keep it as secret as possible. 
uh, it's a great interrogation tool. Imagine having bloodless wars where you just fatigue your enemy and they, and they drop to their knees. We use the voice to skull, uh, and Eldar long range acoustic device in the Gulf War, um, to say this is all uh, lay down your arms, and they believed it. So what is that? Can you explain exactly what that is, the the LRAD? LRAD is a sonic long-range acoustic weapon. The V2K is a microwave weapon. You can't plug your eardrums. You can't stop the sound. Because it conducts straight yeah. to your brain. Yeah, and it makes it sound like it's coming, the, the sound or voice or music or whatever you want to uh, uh, play is coming right from the center of your head. So uh, it works pretty well in war, and you can imagine other effects. You're getting brutalized, beaten up, all virtual. Um, and the brain damage, unfortunately, <laughs> that's they're going to have to work on that. But otherwise, you can you can literally traumatize an entire population. Okay, so are those good effects rather than guns? Perhaps. But there are other good effects. Imagine once the civilians have use of this, like Elon Musk's Neuralase, um, you can have more control of yourself. I feel like I want to be happy today, or I want to have a com communication with you without using a phone. So synthetic telepathy is really around the corner. Uh, but, or, you know, we have to get the messaging tele infrastructure working. What are your thoughts on uh, Elon Musk's Neuralink? What do you, what is your outlook on that? I think he's going to be set up as a patsy for a lot of this experimentation that's going on in the public. Uh, I've already seen it happening. Uh, targeting individuals are very angry. They want to point the finger at somebody. Um, He's the perfect person to point the finger at. He's a rich man, so he's already suspect in some people's minds, even though this technology is very old, very old. What tech? The Neuralink technology? Yeah. Yeah. Really? How old is it? I can track back at least synthetic telepathy or piping voices into people's head uh, right around Kennedy's assassination, but uh, about 1958 was the earliest target I could find. Um, and who, and who was this? What was the situation? Can you explain this, this specific incident? Um, exactly like Land Bears. Uh, same, same thing. He wrote about it in a book. I don't, I don't remember the title of it exactly. Um, it really seemed to come online with a bunch of people in about 1976, the bicentennial of this nation. Um, and there seems to be increases. Uh, and the number of people that have these complaints given bigger military budgets. Now, why there's a correlation there, I don't know. You'll have to make your own speculation. Um, but this isn't new. Havana Center is not new by any means. It has a new name. It's getting recognition by the news. But honestly, it's been squelched. It's been covered up for many, many decades. Do you think, uh, do you know if, Elon has any sort of government contracts with Neuralink? I no. Is as far as I know, he does not. Um, okay. Uh, he'll be approached, obviously. But uh, what I think they're doing, like we, some of the projects I worked on uh, in the in my time at DARPA, 
became real big companies like Google and Facebook and et cetera. So I think it's a technology transfer. They can help civilian scientists, you know, come up with the ideas to make it look like it's new um, and not the other way around that the, the universities came up with it and then it's, uh, uh, then they bought it from them. So, um, I think, uh, I hope Elon actually succeeds because then this isn't imaginary stuff anymore. People will then see, wow, we can really connect brains together and make a uh, hyper intelligence. I sent you uh, that article from Duke university, a video of how they put, uh, brain chips and you don't need brain chips, but that's one way, one technology. Mm. Uh, into three monkeys connected their cerebral cortex. And in this experiment, they could prove that three monkey brains together acted intuitively as one brain and was able to solve a problem that the individual monkeys were not able to solve. And that's a really important finding. Now, can we extend that to an entire population to help solve the world's problems? Um, you know, we can't even fathom what a larger mind would look like. It's certainly not human. Wasn't there another experiment done where they connected like a, a, a human and a brain, a human brain and a monkey's brain? There was. How do you know about that one? Um, I, I heard about it. There I don't was remember a, where it, I heard about it. I was a girl. Yes, and an ape in the and army an experiment. I think it was in the 60s. I might have heard you talk about oh, it. Oh, Maybe. And, uh, and it didn't end well. What they were trying to do is cybernetically link. And that's the term when you connect, uh, who was doing this study? Uh, it was the army and one other group, but okay. I can't remember. Um, and, uh, they were hoping because they, you, they didn't break down the, <laughs> it all comes together. So give me a chance here. They weren't able to break down the ego of the ape. Or the girl, per se. So their brains... The, the what? The, the, the young girl that was used as an experiment. To we were able to break down what? The ego. Ego, okay. So sense of self. We all right. have a sense of self. Right. We believe we're separated from everybody else. And even though we have two hemispheres of the brain, we believe we're one brain. Right. You know, it's an illusion, optical illusion, yeah. a delusion of consciousness, as Einstein says. Um, so... What happened is when they put the girl in the cage, the ape tore her apart. Um, they weren't, it wasn't able to recognize her as an extension of itself. Mm. And I believe this is part of the reason of the breakdown, the torture that TIs are experiencing is they have to break down the ego in order to be part of a greater mind or mind controlled that's terrifying yeah it is <laughs> a worldwide global brain now len how many people have you um spoken with or met that ha are experiencing the same symptoms that you're experiencing hundreds hundreds and what when you went down to was it miami when you met with the yes. doctor what how many people has he seen that he's diagnosed and what specifically how specifically did he diagnose you and what were there any other um, neurological diseases that were similar or in the same 
realm as Havana syndrome? Or did, did he actually diagnose you with quote unquote Havana syndrome? He diagnosed me with acquired neurosensory dysfunction. Okay. And that's the paper. That's the name of the paper that he published about Havana syndrome. So if you read it, he talks about 25 symptomatic. Um, Maybe you can pull this up, Austin. What's his yeah. name? Uh, Hoffer. Hoffer. Acquired. Dr. Hoffer of the University Hoffer. of Miami. Yeah. Um, so he examined 25 symptomatic patients medevaced from Cuba and 10 of their roommates because these attacks never happened at the embassy. It always happened at the hotel or uh, living quarters. And they were in the same room. They and never some, happened at the embassy. That's interesting. Never happened at the embassy. So people who experience symptoms and uh, there could be other people, their roommates that never experienced it. And so all the people who experienced the symptoms were um, were examined for signs of concussion, and they were uh, they all uh, had symptoms of concussion, even though they never had any physical trauma uh, to their head, and they all had severe vestibular abnormalities, and the severe the abnormalities were at the level of brain injury, not just variation in, in within the population. Because the criticism was, well, vestibular tests are not really that um, um, precise, and some people with anxiety could have vestibular abnormalities, but not to this extent. And Dr. Hoffer really explains it in his lecture, in his paper, um, Dr. Giordano, who was part of the team, uh, confirms it. Dr. Belband, who uh, did um, um, a test of um, eye movement uh, um, by applying um, uh, this computerized method. And this is how they can uh, tell the uh, Havana syndrome uh, type of damage to the brain from a mechanical concussion. So, mm. so they're both damaged to the brain, but they're different because the mechanism is different. So there's an eye test where they can tell. Yeah, correct. The eye movement test. But the dam, the, so the, the effect of the damage is the same, but the, but there's no physical, like abrupt, like, uh, there's no trauma. There's no physical th trauma. There's no mechanical trauma. Did you mention right. the quantitative uh, EEG? Yeah. So, okay. so the same patients were um, um, sent to the University of Pennsylvania and um, um, to the trauma um, center, and they were all done. Um, uh, they performed various tests on them, including fMRI, functional magnetic resonance, imaging. Um, there's specific um, type of MRI that shows connectivity in the brain called GTI, diffusion tensor imaging. And they found um, abnormalities that once again, these specialists see in uh, traumatic brain injury. So, the doctors who examined these patients, they all 
in one voice tell us something happened to these patients and these are the findings and the findings are uh, they constitute brain injury. The critics of that say this is psychogenic illness and it's spread like mass hysteria. People under stress develop these uh, sensations and they all kind of repeat after each other and they and their brain kind of develops this these patterns. But none of these specialists, and I, I spoke to Dr. Bartholomew who who wrote, co-wrote a book um, about Tavana syndrome being mass hysteria and he admitted himself in my conversation, he said, if there was, um, if there were findings of brain injury, that would invalidate my hypothesis. Right. And so the doctor, but he never, he has never seen a, a patient with Havana syndrome. But all the doctors that saw the patients say these patients have brain injury um, findings. How many civilians are there dealing with the same thing? I, I would give, from my estimate, low end, round the world, and this is in every country, that can use the internet, that uh, can contact me, minimum 10,000. Minimum 10,000. So civilians. that means a lot more. Wow. And, and how many government workers or how many FBI, whatever, <laughs> politicians, You're diplomats? Right. Um, the very first CIA agent that came forward and said, you know, I heard these crickets and this sound and my brain hasn't been the same since. Uh, he's gone through the same process as Len Berry. Uh, uh, just block after block of government bureaucracy saying you're delusional. This technology doesn't exist. And, uh, you know, you don't have to go to the directed energy directorate of the air force. To know that We've been working on this for a long time with our NATO allies. Uh, and so a lot of the work on these concussion weapons, non-lethal weapons are done in, under that directorate. Is anybody transparent about being uh, who 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 in government is being transparent about working on this kind of technology? Lynn has stories, but he can't mention names. <laughs> yes, that's uh, unfortunate. Yeah. <laughs> but I can tell you that um, there was an investigative um, reporting in um, Zeit magazine, which is a German publication. They investigated Havana syndrome, and they talked to a um, prominent uh, expert in the field of directed energy and uh, who published a short article uh, following the events. And then he was um, contacted by the DOD and by the Air Forces that, um, they that he is not to speak publicly about it. Um, uh, otherwise, they will pull the, uh, his fun funding and yeah, yeah, that's part of the way yeah. that you prevent leaks is uh, it's a form of financial blackmail that will pull your funding if you talk about any of this openly. Mm. Um, <clears throat> and uh, is there any correlation in 
between you and some of the other people that have been effect, have been experiencing the same thing is uh, with timing of the attacks. Like, are the timings are the timing of the attacks similar between different people? Are people experiencing them at the same times? How are how are they being triggered specifically? Where how are they being triggered? Yeah, it's uh, it seems uh, the ones that are uh, severe, I call them uh, targets. Uh, it's some of it's stress related. You can tell when uh, there was a paper in the late nineteen seventies by the DIA, the Department Intelligence Agency, that said the Russians were trying to create a panic weapon that could kill a person, literally spook them to death by creating a runaway process with the adrenal gland uh, and increasing it till blood pressure, any sort of weakness in their circulatory system, their heart would give out. Um, and anytime we blame the Russians for something like that, you know we're working on it mm -hmm. too. Um, so it seems like... Um, Oftentimes, stress it brings it on, um, and I've read that in some other papers. But otherwise, it's it's constant for these people. I mean, twenty four hours, constant, and they can't sleep. They can't, which even makes it worse. Uh, it weakens the brain. One, you know, sleep deprivation is a common torture tactic, interrogation tactic, and it breaks down the will. You're more easily suggest suggestible. He said he has major delta brain waves, uh, which that's a hypnotic state, um, which makes you more susceptible. And one of the CIA's old weapons was called REHIC, or, uh, Remote Hypnotic Intercerebral Control. Uh, a lot of people don't believe they can be hypnotized through you know, when people think of hypnotism, they think of a watch going back and forth. And no, that's not the actual definition of hypnotism. It's in training the brain. So binaural beats, for example, mm -hmm. on headphones, if you're off by like oh, eight hertz, you're, you're in the alpha delta brainwave length. And you'll actually see the brain under an EEG start to mimic that binaural beating. That's, that's hypnotism. Um, now you can do it on a much grander scale of the macro circuits, the, you know, the main brain frequencies or the micro circuits. Uh, so synthetic telepathy actually can induce different emotional states. Each part of the brain has different circuitry, different frequencies, different patterns. Uh, you can induce, uh, uh, you can mimic almost every illness and, induce it so when someone's classified let's say as uh, manic depressive we can do that we can make them happy for a day and then make them depressed for a day and then the doctor will prescribe certain drugs for them which will then do more damage <laughs> to their their body mm -hmm. um but you can see why the population can't know about this. Let's just say everything I said is true. Um, it would be the breakdown of religion. It would be the break. It would be anarchy. There, there would be no democracy. You know, everything. Well, there are there are programs like this that have been declassified and been acknowledged by the government, like MK Ultra. They acknowledge that was real. Operation Northwoods. 
yeah they recognize that that was a real thing that was declassified i mean there's things that are that are sinister that the government has done that they that they admit to but you know nothing happens a lot of people don't even pay attention to it right until it happens to them and then it's too late no one will help them it seems like with mk ultra though they were targeting more so prisoners uh, people that were in prison big shot i mean and obviously when you think of mk ultra there's people like yeah. ted kaczynski charles manson um who was the uh, who was the big mob mob guy um famous mob guy who killed a lot of people i'm, I'm blanking on his name right now um but a lot of those people talked about how some of their the, their contacts in the government probation officers were giving them LSD. That's a, that's that's a real thing. Yeah, yeah it's a real thing. It was on the masses uh, introduced to the United States and uh, promoted. Um, but you're talking about specific events, such as in San Francisco, where they put a one way mirror up and had prostitutes. That's all, uh, uh, that's midnight climax. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, climax. Uh, That's another one. Yeah, and then uh, Ted Kaczynski, he lived in my dorm at Harvard, not at the same time. Uh, um, he, he was being experimented on in Harvard. Yeah, yeah, and that was Project Moonstruck. I believe. Uh, Project what? Moonstruck. Moonstruck, okay. A stress program. That's a f- terrifying story. It, yeah, isn't it? And um, it, even the, the shooter... Uh, in Vegas, he had FBI contacts, and uh, that gets very murky. Um, uh, but the news never follows up on any of this. For example, I was in a suicide letter. The guy, Myron May, who shot up Florida State or U- University of Florida's library mm-hmm. uh, like 10 years ago. Um, anyway, he didn't kill anybody. Um, but he shot people and then it was death by cop. He was a lawyer trained there, a successful black man and same symptoms of Glenn Bear. And his reasoning of why he shot up the school was, um, he needed news publicity to make sure people understood this was real and was happening. And so he mentioned my name in it, but he never tried to contact me. Uh, but he gave out. Uh, seven packages in the mail and the FBI intercepted them all to make sure none of the information was... What were in these packages? Just information. Just information. So they held on to it. The news stories sort of went away. People just were left. Huh. Wonder why he did that. And then What was uh, this guy's name again? Um, Myron May. Myron May. Yeah. And he talked about... He clearly talked about having the same exact symptoms yes. as Len. Yeah. Publicly. Yeah. And he left the video testimony. And then people, the, the FBI eventually led it through to the senders, the packages, and they posted it on the internet. So you can find his testimony unless Google's taken it down or YouTube or whatever. Um, it's, uh, they don't want copycats, basically. So, um, oh yeah, there it is. Oh, this is a, uh, what is this, like a CNBC news? Scroll down, Austin. Gunsman's motives remain unclear. See, and that's a lie by the media. Hours before he opened fire in Florida State University Library, lawyer Myron May left a desperate voicemail for an acquaintance with his plea. I do not want to die in vain. The message was part of a flurry of emails, text, phone, and phone calls in which 
the former prosecutor laid bare his torment. He believed government stalkers were harassing him and using a direct energy weapon to hurt him. He said that he had sent packages to 10 people that would expose what he thought was happening to him. That's pretty scary. Yeah, Maybe you remember the Navy Yard shooter. He used a sawed-off shotgun, actually killed, I think, 13 people. He had a clearance to get on a Navy base, um, and he wrote on his weapon, and the news pretends like they have no idea what's going on, my ELF weapon. That stands for extremely low frequency, which the brain operates on, which we also communicate with submarines with because it penetrates everything. Um so he was convinced the Navy was behind it, uh, and he just wanted revenge. He, he couldn't point the finger to stop it, so he just took it out on everyone on the base. But the, it creates such frustration. A lot of these shooters are trying to get this this uh, media attention. What is this, Austin? Oh, okay. What do you think it would take for the government to, or for anyone responsible to to be transparent and open about this. I don't think they can be because think of the atrocities and the lack of trust. I mean, uh, that would happen. Uh, lack of trust of the government. Yeah. Well, I mean, even more so <laughs> <laughs> that they're, they're socially engineering, let's say gun rights. Uh, well, let's have all these spree killers go on shooting sprees. And then the response of that stimulus would be take away guns, you know, um, it's a way to socially engineer. And so you say your government wouldn't do that. Well, they very much in long-term perspectives of how they want to shape the new world order or shape a UN, a single government controlled. A vast, a vast majority of, I mean, I'm not sure if it's all of them, but I know that a vast majority of these public shooters, these school shooters, they, um, are, were on antidepressants and a slew of different pharma pharmacology and and pharmaceutical drugs to help them deal with depression, social anxiety, different things like that. Couldn't that be part of what is going on? I mean it, it could. I would have to see their private psychological profile and I told you uh just because they're on drugs doesn't mean anything to me. I have to interview them and see if they're being driven it's called psychic driving um the scottish world psychiatrist who did brainwashing montreal university um i'm trying to pull up his name in my files (laughs) now um anyway he called psychic driving and these women would go into the hospital for uh, mild depression he would play a two-tape loop just like these other breakdown processes. Your mother hates you, blah, blah, blah. I can't actually repeat how awful the scripts are they use. I I compiled the list of a thousand negative things they say, and I, I posted on Facebook and got away with it just because I put quotes around it. Um, and they use this to do to break, to break down the it, ego? Correct, correct. And so they did that while they were in induced comas they i'm still talking about the, their brainwashing so they're unconscious so pseudo unconscious okay and they they keep them in a 
sl- vegetative sort of sleep state. Okay. And I think it was probably in a delta or theta brainwave dominant state. So they could uh, hear all this negativity. Um, and I think they gave them LSD too. Um, and they were just trying to wipe, oh, and electroshock. So they were trying to wipe the brain clean so they could rebuild new memories. Um, and uh, one woman, and it was funded by the CIA. Uh, the psychiatrist got his funding from that. Uh, and the woman sued. She won. Um, but she lost half her life. Can't remember it. Had to learn how to pee again, speak again, everything. So brainwashing works. The reprogramming part is what's interesting. Hmm. And just to make it absolutely clear, I do not have a diagnosis of paranoid or delusional disorder. I have a clean bill from my psychiatrist. Um, The only thing that he suggested as a diagnosis is adjustment adjustment disorder, which means that I'm adjusting to this torture. Well, at what point did you decide to see a psychiatrist? Oh, at the at the very beginning, because uh, I was actually hoping that it was a psychiatric disorder because that way it can be treated, but it's not. This is, um, you know, I had to educate my psychiatrist, but he's a he's a very smart. Actually, every single one of my physicians that take care of me, order neurologist, neurologist, psychiatrist, primary care physician, and now Dr. Giordano um, in DC who also confirmed they're all on the same page. This is my diagnosis. I just remembered the brainwashing doctor's name is oh. Dr. Ewan Cameron. Dr. Ewan Cameron, yeah. and he's Russian? No, he was uh, American Scottish. American. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, and... Uh, this kind of funding goes on all the time, and we often do it in other countries. A long list of human experimentation by the National <laughs> Institute of Health. And <laughs> I, uh, I actually, I saw my neighbor this morning. My neighbor worked at, for Honeywell for over twenty-five, over thirty-five years. He worked for Honeywell, mm-hmm. and uh, I sort of briefly ran the the told him what I was who I was talking to today on the podcast and I talked about Havana syndrome and he said oh yeah he goes he goes that's 100% real he's like I know we've worked on weapons like that and so I know they work on the on those weapons at Raytheon he said yeah I can't talk about that but yeah <laughs> he's right you can't talk about it yeah. <laughs> but you can confirm that he's I can there. confirm I can confirm that's all how you, for people like you and your colleagues going to school, studying artificial intelligence, what percentage of you guys are you guys when you guys are doing that? Are, do you guys have aspirations to work for the military, work for the CIA to be spies? Like what? No, do- I was a scientist. I was I mean, and I worked on advanced surveillance equipment and other things. As a scientist, you just want to be working on cutting edge science. You don't. And you believe you're doing your country a favor and eventually be used for good. And that's part of how you get funding uh, from the Senate for billion-dollar projects is you have to have dual purpose, one for civilian uses and one for military. Um, And we 
don't really think of the implications for the negative part. We just want to work on new cutting-edge stuff. And and it's also compartmentalized on, on the most part. So a lot of people don't know how they're putting together a bigger weapon system. They just right. work on a piece of it. Isn't Facebook working on work? Wasn't weren't they working on something called the Empathy Machine or something like that? Uh, I was something I was. I think I talked about. Yeah, but yeah. What uh, what is that? That is, um, if you can induce these emotions, touch, torture, whatever, um. In a way, it's kind of a beautiful thing if you have a partner and they say something that hurts their feelings, you say something that hurts their feelings, you get to feel how they're feeling and vice versa. Uh, so if you punch someone, you're going to feel the same pain that uh, they do. That's called the empathy machine. But now imagine if you go beyond two people. Let's go to a hundred people. Every time someone stubs their toe, they all feel the same pain. Mm. Uh, it would feel like random torture to everybody. Well, who stubbed their toe? <laughs> mm. I can see the the first application. The most obvious thing I could see this thing going to is pornography. Yes, uh, yeah, they already have you know sort of virtual right. machines for right. If they for, could, if they could somehow make, if you could buy a subscription to some sort well, of pornography and make every single guy watching this thing happen, you know. Okay, now, I I don't know what I'm allowed to I mean, this, is, say, this is already being used. I mean, in, if in, you talk to the victims, the TIs, one of the worst breakdowns, and it's, it's pretty common, uh, I think I can say the word simulated rape, uh, and forced orgasm. You can say anything you want. This is the internet. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, and so simulated uh, orgasms and rape is right. extremely common. And right. Especially violating for women. They complain about that torture breakdown the most. Uh, but you're right. What's the positive use? Where well, Where is it the most lucrative? Where is, it, where is yeah. it the most financially beneficial? Like where can you make the most money in this thing? You think that would be the most obvious first? That would be the first. Yeah. But think of the problem. It would have to be regulated because we know the seven pleasure centers of the brain. And let's just say we don't have to stick in electrodes. We use ultrasonic helmet like the University of Arizona is doing to target certain parts of the brain. Mm. You just sit there and press the button all day. Over yes, and over. there's a story of a woman that that. What's the story? There was a story mm. of a woman who was in the hospital. Mm. Something was wrong with her. You may know, but she had a button. And every time she pressed it, it made her orgasm, and she was just doing it and doing yeah. it and doing it until she was basically a vegetable. Yeah, you eventually quit eating. You you die. So the government would have to step in to regulate this somehow, um, and. Uh, I don't think a lot of my research just focuses on the negative, the tortured people, the target, the breakdown. They're the most vocal. They're the loudest. But uh, there is a classification weapon system called the voice of God. And I've met some of these people. Uh, Um, Sorry, a classification, a classified weapon system. uh, It's just the categorization called voice of God weapons. Anything you can make. Okay. Someone here believe it's and, God. And these are real. Yes. These are these are publicly uh there's Newsweek wrote okay. about them. Okay. So they, it's been out for a while. Voice of God weapons. Voice of God. Okay. Weapons. Sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. Um 
And so I, I've run into people randomly who believe they're talking to God. Uh, God doesn't have a voice. I don't think, <laughs> I don't know what he sounds like, but, um, but they're convinced and they'll do whatever this voice tells them. And that's the dangerous part. That's another form of trickery. God wants you to go on a killing spree, let's say. Uh, some people would do that. Uh, you're one of God's army. Um, so you can see how this broad swath all over the world, not only is it um, experimental, it could be very much a secret army of assassins. And so I call them programmed assassins. Um, but uh, the positive part, the voice of God at work in the Gulf War, uh, Gulf War when we said, Allah, Allah, lay down your arms. That's a voice of God weapon. Okay. Is this... And you can't talk about, or can you talk about, this is something that you were involved with? Uh, a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> Who was Dr., uh, is this something that Dr. Jose Delgato talked about? Well, and who who was he, and, and what specifically did he um, work on? Uh, Dr. Jose, Jose Delgado. Delgado. He was Look known, him up, Austin. He was known as the father of brain chips. And so he okay. was from Yale University. Uh, um, and he did a lot of brain experimentation, uh, stuff that is unethical and we wouldn't allow today per se. Um, but we made progress of understanding the brain. He would actually wire up people. He, his most famous experiment was with the bull. Uh, he could make a, he implanted bull with a radio frequency chip and he could make a bull stop from charging by pressing a button. And that impressed everybody quite a bit. Wow. But that, that's using brain chips. and Where was just, he? Was he in, a, in the United States? Yeah. Yeah. But you don't need chips yeah. anymore. Okay, this is him with the bull. Yeah, there he is. Dr. Jose Gildada, uh, Delgado steps into the Spanish bull ring as a bold demonstration of his research. A risky behavioral control demonstration. Wow. And he was working with the government? Uh, he had a famous quote, didn't he? Yes, he did. Let's see if you can bring up the quote. Mankind does not have a right to develop his own mind. Austin, pull up his quote. So what was Delgado working? What, what did he do? Where, where was he working from? What Was he working he, he, at one of the universities Yes, here? he was working at uh, Yale Medical okay. School. And he would insert wires into people's brains. And, you know, there's always two sides to this story. Okay, um, here it is. Man does not have the right to develop his own mind. The kind of liberal orientation, this kind of liberal orientation has great appeal we must electrically control the brain. Someday, armies and generals will be in control by electrical stimulation of the brain. Hmm. And that was in the 60s, I believe. Whoa. So That's we, heavy. We've come a long way since. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if, he was, if people were openly talking about that in the 60s, where are we now? And where are other nations like China and Russia and Iran. Uh, we we boycotted recently like over a hundred countries from doing uh, companies in China because they were working on mind control technologies. So 
you know, it's very much out in the open, but it's just people don't want to recognize their soul, so to speak, can be touched. Their very ego, their sense of self can be altered. They're not in control of their own emotions. That means if you don't have free will or autonomy or choice, democracies don't exist. That means religions don't exist. That means a whole bunch of things. Markets are can be shaped, moved up or down at will based on people's preferences. It's total domination of the world. <laughs> That's how important and why it's kept so secret. It's I think it's the uh, it's the ultimate weapon because if you can control the people with their fingers on nuclear weapons, you're one step ahead. So this is uh, this is kind of the end game uh, is full control of the human mind and at scale at scale of that's right of the world <clears throat> it's kind of hard to even wrap my mind around it is something bigger than yourself is always hard to imagine uh and so that's why the monkey brain experiments that they were doing at, at uh, duke uh we can't fathom but us three, if our brains were connected at the speed of thought, could come up with or think about. We have to use vibrations from our throat, deciphered through our brains, uh, through our ears, and then um, and talk. You know, it's kind of an outdated form of communication amongst brains. Well, I mean, think about it. if something like Neuralink actually came onto the market as a consumer product that people could get this this neural net put inserted into their brain and they could give them the ability to uh, learn new skills instantaneously or download books within seconds or like the, the advantage economically would be astounding. Yes. And more and more people would adopt this in order to compete just in, to, in yeah. order to compete but the scale like so what would be so the downside of something like this is once you have this it would be no problem you would almost assume that the government would be, would be able to control have s some level of control over this it would have to and that's why they're kind of experimenting what are the potential downfalls uh we have a term of mind viruses how how do memes pass? Mind viruses. viruses. Uh, could you hack if all the minds were connected? Could you insert a virus that mm. you know might shut down the human race? That's or? fascinating. You know the 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 term mind virus. Um, I've used that and I've heard it used a lot when it comes to things like QAnon. Are you familiar with QAnon? I heard of them. Yes. So there's a gr it's basically it's a group of of people online who follow this anonymous poster on these uh, these threads these like uh, forums, and uh, this guy pretends to be like a he pretended to be one of Trump's right hand guys, and he would make these anonymous posts talking to all these people, and all these people called him Q. And they thought that this guy was real. This guy was one of the people right next to him. He'd make these cryptic anonymous quotes. And there was this, there was this like super hyper, um, just like hyper passionate group, political group of people who follow, who were Trump supporters. And they believed that this Q person was going to save them and giving them these directives. 
of what was going to happen next and to be prepared for the storm that's coming and that led to the capital being raided. And they find all these little things. They find like something Trump said during one of his speeches. And okay, that sentence means this. That means we have to storm the Capitol. And they keep finding all these synchronicities online and they think they mean something more. Humans look for meaning and purpose. And uh, we find it in in the strangest places. It's Mm. like looking at clouds. We'll it's, we'll see shapes. Is it chaos or is it order? It almost see that. I mean, if anything seems like a mind virus, something like that seems like it's a mind virus. But it really affected. If you look at the people it affected, it affected a certain type of people. It affected certain people that were lonely didn't have a lot going on, didn't have some sort of larger sense of a community. They didn't have big families. Um, it, sometimes it was, it was like, a a woman living alone in an apartment and her kids weren't even living with her anymore. Um, people that just had just sort of like misfits, they all had a very similar social life and social intelligence. So how would you build, if you look at us community, the whole human race, maybe the planet as a whole organism, how would you build an immune system? to fight against something like that. Mm. Now, I'm, I do not believe in censorship myself, but how would you stop the flow of a mind virus? And so they're experimenting with things like Interaction that. with other human beings. Yeah. Not through screens, not through social media. Yeah, yeah. I feel like the more people are just accustomed to, like, uh, again, this is another one of the commonalities between these people is they all their communication with other humans was through a phone or through a computer. They didn't spend time like this, having conversations with people. And um, Like, what the fuck are you talking about? You're full of shit. Like, are you serious? But like, like, like having somebody actually poke holes in what they're saying and question what they're talking about instead of it's just, it's, it's just this echo chamber of the same ideas chamber. bouncing back and forth. Yeah. yeah. I, I fully agree. It's an echo chamber. Um, there, there are other terms like medic viruses, memes that turn mm. into viruses. You're familiar with those. Uh, that get posted around. Um, and, but, you know, the, the utopia, the kind of end goal that people, the visionaries see with this technology, they know that transhumanism can't be stopped at this point, uh, but they want to take the safest route. Um, so a lot of these experiments are unfortunately sacrifices that will help the future generations. Um, and that's kind of their internal marketing ploy of why they must do it. Uh, and they, and there's a race, um, between, you know, the three major countries, uh, who's going to have the best AI, whose culture is going to survive, whose money is going to dominate, whose, you know, language is going to dominate. And, uh, so this is very competitive field in the military right now. Who can collect the most mines the fastest, build the <laughs> the biggest hive mind network? And so there my next book is called it's not published yet, it's called Emergent Minds. Um, um The Birth of a New Species. And that's under the the three books that I've written of cyber and cybernetic warfare revealed. Uh and it's a, it's going to be about kind of these architectures, topologies of humans, nodes, uh, 
computing units, very cold <laughs> the way it's described. But the I'm trying to bring out the ethics of all this. Um, the human race has to have a, a, a discussion. I and mean, this has to be on the mainstream media. Uh, Havana syndrome. Well, what is it? They don't seem to care. They're hushing it. They don't, they don't. We know what it is because it's been around so long. We know the type of weapons used. Well, there's no financial incentive for them to talk about it either. True, other than being good reporters. <laughs> right. But uh, that's not that's not an incentive anymore. No, no, it's not an incentive anymore. Um, so the big question is how this energy is delivered. So National Academy of Sciences in 2020 issued a report about these Havana syndrome um, incidents or anomalous health incidents, as the government wants us to call it. And um, the most plausible hypothesis is directed pulse microwave energy. So that's the causative agent. That's what causes the brain damage. Directed pulse microwave Pulsed. energy. Yeah. Pulse is very, very important because if you just microwave, it just heats up. But short pulses produce that thermoelastic effect. So it, the, the tissue is just expanding and collapsing in. And that way it heats up just enough to induce damage or produce that audio, that fray effect uh, uh, to um, hear sound or modulated voices, things like that. So pulse is very, is very important in this scenario. But that report did not say how it can be delivered. And when you look at the 60 Minutes report, they show these devices that uh, can fit into a small car or uh, maybe backpack or truck or a van, but that's an outdated technology. I question, and Robert made me question whether it is a local source. You know, somebody sits in the van and, and shoots a microwave at you. So we took a trip to West, West Virginia where there's a radio national quiet zone. So there's no, there are no cell towers. There are no, there's no Wi-Fi. There's no cell phone only uh, receive a satellite uh, signal. There's no, no phone signal, no phone signal, no Wi-Fi. And we got inside. The reason they created that zone is because there's a, um, um, deep space telescope, uh, radar basically that receive, receive signals from deep state. So they don't want any interference. The zone one, the closest to these radars is, um, actually has a radio police that monitors the signals. They don't allow cars with ignition because it produces electric, wow, electromagnetic signal. So I got, next to the um, biggest radar and got attacked. So people that, you know, there's no van outside. So when you got to this place, you yeah. what you experienced one of the Yeah, I experienced one, one of the attacks. Just when you, you have to walk there, there's no, because, you know, can't take a car. So went several miles 
um, got there, was attacked. So definitely not a local effect. It's coming from somewhere and you have a satellite signal, uh, but you also have things like HARP that can, uh, a, uh, um, HARP stands for uh, uh, High Altitude Auroral Research Project. Research project. And it's a, one of the world's largest phased arrays. Uh, it's used for weather modification, steering. Weather modification? Well, that's one of the things it can do. What uh, is weather modification? Oh, steering hurricanes, you know, for more for, yeah, yeah, you heat the ionosphere and you can guide the weather. That's just one of the things. This is a thing? Oh, yeah, pull it up. (laughs) And what's it called? HARP, H-A-R-P. And you can steer hurricanes. Well, they don't actually, they just say weather modification. What does that mean? (laughs) Hmm. Yeah, they I mean, I guess the mind brain. can get creative. Uh, but it uh, it operates also uh, as an over-horizon radar system to detect missile launches in Russia, for example. And um, it because uh, we've been hit, I've been hit by uh, about a dozen hurricanes since I've lived here. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I wish uh, they would I, well, control them a little ex- better. Exactly. And so, you know, you were asking, what is some of the good tech that could come out of this? Mm. Why aren't they steering the hurricanes away from the coast? Maybe the Russians are doing it. We always blame everything on the Russians. Mm. (laughs) Um, But uh, it has a lot. It's also often by uh, Dr. Nick Baggage um, uh focused on mind control over populations it what it really does uh, a lot of at least the air and it's run by the air force army and, and uh, navy um it heats the ionosphere uh which causes the the current radar signals all ultra high frequency waves to be able to cover the earth now there's a electric gradient between ground, the earth, and the ionosphere, ions. Uh, And then we are bathed in a magnetic field. Those two perpendicular fields, a lot of high-energy physics, such as nuclear magnetic resonance imaging, occurs. We have turned the earth into one giant MRI machine. Uh, so we can image underground bases. We can do a lot of things that people don't believe. They'll say the uh, Boltzmann, th- uh, I won't use scientific words, they'll just say the thermal effect. Uh, you can't do MRIs under under Earth's magnetic, natural magnetic field. We've been doing it easily since the 60s in mm. universities. Um, so a recent article came out, wow, we can recover dreams and play them back and uh we can read the inner vocabulary of somebody what they're thinking talking to themselves with their inner voice using a functional nuclear magnetic resonance imaging machine you know like in a hospital but that's a higher uh higher resolution but they just use new algorithms to do it and it was very accurate for a bunch of people which is interesting 
they say it's new. Well, I mean, it's obviously not new, but where they can read people's inner thoughts. Yeah, yeah. So you have a you think as you. I don't know how you read. Some people read or think in images. We can read the images. Mm. Some people think in words. It's about sixty percent to forty percent of the population does one or the other. Um, and it's able to decipher each one. Yeah, yeah. So. You, some people will go through a, a grocery shopping list. Apple, I need uh, you know, toilet paper, I need this or that. And they, they think in the words. Those can be deciphered. Other people think the image when they create those lists. And so each one is a brain signature. And when you have a sample over a large enough population, you get just like... Uh, uh, um, Amazon's Echo. Um, you can uh, more sample voice samples they have. Yeah, and I worked on voice sampling technology way back when. Mm-hmm. Now it's so good. I mean, Alexa, it just amazes mm-hmm. me that it can understand human language without any practice. Right, um, because they've had so many samples. Well, similarly, we need as more brain samples. And that's part of the reason I think for a lot of this experimentation on the public, random people, I'm trying to link it all back together. So Len, when you went to West Virginia and you went to this place that had no connection to any cell towers, there was no phone signal anywhere. um, And you had this attack. What specifically happened to you? Like what, what, what can you walk me through how these attacks, like how they affect you, what happens, how long they last, et cetera? Just like I said before, it it starts very suddenly. It's vibration. It's a high pressure in the in the head, and you your whole body vibrates. Deafening sound. Uh, it you get your disoriented. Whole body, your whole body. Your whole body vibrates. vibrates. Exactly. Can you describe the sound that you hear? Is it like us, like someone? In the cartoons, hitting a pot around it, it, your head—it's like high, high-pitched electronic tinnitus. Okay. Yeah, like like, t- like tinnitus. Yeah, tinnitus. tinnitus. But suddenly on, suddenly yeah. off. Suddenly on, suddenly off. Yeah. It, and it just grabs you, and um, you also hear voices. Yeah. The voices V2K is 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 a part of it. Even Havana syndrome. I sent you uh, that clip. The very first reporting by CNN. They said that people hear noises and voices. Mm-hmm. And after that, there was no, it, it was not part of any uh, reporting. But the very first report on CNN contained um, uh, that information. So, uh, it, and it, people think that hearing voices is, is a sign of psychiatric disorder, right. but it just takes a little bit of education to understand um this fray effect this microwave hearing has been around for a long time uh has been known and voice modulation has been demonstrated uh in the 70s there's published literature about it that you can modulate the signal and it produces uh doc dr lynn from the university of chicago yeah dr lynn Lynn. yeah from the university of chicago he has a setup where he demonstrates the microwave hearing effect that he pulses it, the person 
who's standing in the middle of the signal where it's focused can hear it. And he does it on himself, and that scares me. I mean, he's heating up his brain, he's listening to these clicks, these chirps, as you know, they're called by the CIA or the diplomats, I'm sorry, that uh, get hit. And, uh, yeah, that's a sign of uh, the microwave hearing effect, and it creates small little micro concussions over time. And what specific voices, like what, what do the voices say? Oh. All the derogatory stuff, and I don't want to acknowledge it. Don't want to give it credence, but it's it it's it's it's, a, it's one of those um, kind of shaming, derogatory, very negative, um, um, just yeah. If you have everyone has an ego, they will go through the most uh, common ones first. You know, let's say. You're a woman and you're concerned about your your uh, breast size. Well, they'll go after that. Or um, so they go. They're going at individuals specifically. Yeah, like and so your specific insecurities. Yeah. Yes. No, but first they have to do a broad approach to find out what your insecurities. Doesn't, it doesn't are. seem like time or cost effective. They. How would you go about if you were doing this to millions of people? How would you have scale it? How would you have the time to go through each person, find out this person's overweight, this person is short, and be able to specifically Uh, tailor a a voice to them? I'll explain that. Um, Think of it as a lie detector machine. It knows your stress levels. It can read them. Uh, You can do that for many different brain signals, but the P300 is a recognition signal, for example. It's just a term uh, that's used for a specific strong effect after a stimulus. There's recognition. But if it's a lie detector test, uh, whatever. Polygraph. Polygraph. We'll we'll say uh, those. You can defeat those with a little practice. Of course. (laughs) Yeah. Polygraphs are bullshit. Yeah. They're total bullshit. Um, But you can. uh, imagine, okay, so this is some form of a lie detector test, but it, maybe it uses heart rate and, you know, can measure, you know, some other factors other than uh, necessarily neuronal ones. But whatever bothers you, it will continue doing. So let's say this is a robot, chat chatbot, that's very convincing, yeah. voice morphing. And um, we've sampled, we're the NSA, we sampled your... Uh, I don't know anything about your family, so hopefully, I, uh, your great grandfather, he's dead, right? So we can bring him back to life. We can use his voice. We can voice morph him and we can project it. And we'll say using the microwave hearing effect with a robot, we will go through, uh, it doesn't matter if you had a good relationship with him or bad, we're going to turn him into a bad guy. Let's say you, you know, you're going to respect them or something. I know this is a <laughs> off the wall kind of scenario, but they make it much more personal than that. So, whose voice do you hear? Uh, tell them my family, your family's my voice. family. They live in Germany. Um, they speak Russian and German. I speak Russian, bad Russian now, uh, and English. So all my V2K is in Russian. Uh, 
What? It is. Yes. Uh, it's it, multilingual. It's, it's, it's my mother, my father, my brother, and his wife. And they all talk about my lifestyle choices, everything, everything, all, everything derogatory. And I know it's not them. It's artificial intelligence because nobody talks 24 seven because my V2K is 24 seven. I sleep in uh, noise canceling headphones and I play, uh, uh, voice audiobooks nonstop. So my brain would concentrate on that rather than on what's being projected into my brain does it help at all what helps uh, what what helps you cope with this the most what have you done what, di- what have you tried distracting di- distracting. distracting uh sometimes i have to use my own voice uh i have to uh, talk to somebody the second it stops the second the silence begins the voices come back and they also use something like um if you have some kind of white noise, like a fan or a um, um, AC, yeah, it rides on it. It, it piggybacks on those frequencies. That's yeah. called uh, EEG heterodyning. So the nerve cells from your ears to your brain can also be stimulated. Um, so if there's a nice background noise, broad spectrum, it can even be pink noise, which means uh, lower noise spectrum. It can amplify uh, a recognition signal like a voice. Um, I always like using the talking gu- guitar. Remember that song? Who does that? And it's a guitar that sounds like it talks mm-hmm. to the audience. Mm-hmm. And I'm spacing who does that, but it was very unique at the time. Um, what it's doing is it's heterodyning a voice signal onto the guitar. Well, now imagine heterodyning someone's voice onto nerve signals of a background noise. And that's uh, what's going on with projecting voices into, let's say, uh, fans, refrigerator noises, street noises. But the, my favorite one was on a, that I heard about was uh, a woman who could hear voices, and this was on television, and she, she ended up doing some bad things but she could hear rice krispies talk to her <laughs> it was like oh yeah that's background noise yeah. so that would make sense um uh so this it's uh it's eerie it's something you have to experience and i was gonna make a machine to do that to try to demonstrate it to the common man and i just you know i have so many projects i'm working on never got around to it but it's hard to imagine that somebody would do something like that to you, but it is, and and the first thought that probably comes to your mind is that there's something wrong with me psychiatrically. Mm. Yeah, I mean this this is if I didn't know about the existence of this technology, this would be my guess that this person developed delusional disorder. This is a uh, paranoid schizophrenia, but first of all, nobody develops paranoid schizophrenia in the fifties, in their fifties. This is, you know, if you haven't developed it by 30, mm. it's not. Um, then this technology exists. These nefarious, uh, uh, programs exist. And it's hard to imagine for a person that 
why would you do something like this? But if you think about the new type of warfare, that, cognitive warfare. Exactly. It's a yeah. cognitive warfare. You can't you don't have to kill people, people that you are fighting against. You can just degrade their brain. You can uh, um you alter their minds. Yeah, alter their, their minds. Personalities, rebuilding. And it's like Chinese torture. I mean, this, yeah, yeah it, okay, so whatever, uh, they, 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 they're talking to your head, into your head, um, just ignore it. You can't. It's 24-7, it's nonstop, and it's accompanied by these attacks that make you so vulnerable. Read them uh, the definition of uh directed energy weapons oh you may not have it in front of it yeah. but it's kind of interesting you can pull it up i i, I send it to you to uh um, they uh, and drop it the definition of directed energy weapons, weapons systems. What they use, systems and yeah. directed of, energy weapon systems and what they they say in this particular definition was interesting that it's disablement of personnel now what how could you disable a person Okay, most people think directed energy, a laser beam. Okay, you burn them a few times. That's not really disabling them. Um, making them dysfunctional, that would be scrambling their brains. That would be dopamine dumps. That would be making you know, concussion weapons. That would be uh, somehow affecting their nervous system so they drop on the ground. So it's a combination of psychological warfare as well as directed energy weapons along with the voice of God weapons with voice morphing with artificial intelligence chatterbots. It's a very, it's the most complex weapon system we have put together ever as a species. Um, wow. Um, and do you think this is something that the United States is working on because other nations are working on it as well? Is it a competitive thing? Yeah, it's very, is, it, is it like a, a just a, a an internal governmental control thing? There was um, something called Project Paperclip where we split up German science. Operation Paperclip. Operation yeah. Paperclip. Yeah, I'm familiar with it. Uh, we talk about all the rocket scientists we got, you know, put them mm -hmm. into NASA and you know, right. other programs. <coughs> we don't talk about the their, Nazi scientists. Yeah, we don't talk about the mind scientists we got. Uh, those were kind of classified. That's where a lot of this research started. Now, if we got half of them, so did the Russians. So it's been a we compete with, you know, our intercontinental ballistic missiles. Of course, we're going to compete with cognitive warfare, um, total control of the mind. CIA agent called Mark Phillips. He's unfortunately passed away. Uh, he did a lot of uh, work on exposing this type of world domination through psychological warfare. And he also helped uh, a woman whose name is, oh, Kathy, uh, well, I can remember it's Kathy, uh, and she, uh, and he helped her out of the program, deprogrammed her and, and, and some other things, and I th they wrote a book together, it's very popular, uh, um, yeah, that's about all I can say for now. Len, what, uh, when you talk to other people who have experienced the same thing you have and that are going through the same thing, do you guys do anything 
to or or do you guys talk about things to do to be proactive in sort of mitigating the effects of this happening from to you guys and to people in the future to multiple people is there a way to deter this or is there a way to avoid this from happening this this has to become a political issue the politicians have to the government first first of all the government has to acknowledge that this is happening to civilians not just to the uh, diplomats and spies overseas it is happening domestically my case can be swept under the rug i have every expert that i've seen i have um a validated case as validated as as those uh, diplomats um that are listed in the intelligence report the latest intelligence report on the subject was issued um on february 1st of this year it's a um joint report of the office of dni uh, director of national intelligence ncia and they said uh two dozen cases we can't explain and they in the most plausible explanation is directed pulsed microwave energy i am exactly in that category um, my case is valid validated i have brain damage i have vestibular damage and the uh, agency that's supposed to investigate it is the FBI because I'm a civilian. It's happening domestically. They ignore it. They. Um, I went to my congresswoman. She um, brought a an inquiry to the FBI, and they basically um, responded with a nonsensical letter that something that. There are no facts that any law is broken or something, or it's under our jurisdiction. I am a civilian. My brain is accessed remotely and damaged on the regular basis. In three and a half years, you look at my brain scan and it looks like a battlefield. All those delta connection, all this broken connection, the connectivity, my vestibular organs are shut. Um, I, if I close my eyes, I stand up, close my eyes, I will fall. So uh, he asked uh, what else we're doing and, yeah. and in order to stop this. And a lot of us do uh, research. Um, jammers uh, on certain frequencies, uncertain patterns seems to help some. Jammers. Jammers. That means uh, with the electromagnetic signal, elect electro and magnetic in the ELF wave, wave range or other ranges people have found it gives them some relief it um, blocks the tinnitus what even if they're not uh, a targeted individual what could explain a frequency or set of a pattern an algorithm that would turn off tinnitus for people i mean great you know you were talking about economic advantage i mean even if it has nothing to do with this uh, half the public suffers from tinnitus right. or, or tinnitus, as you like to call yeah. it. Um, and uh, we uh, we protested. When I say we, I mean the people that I represent uh, in front of the White House and, you know, writing all the congressmen, 
every imaginable thing you can imagine, getting hold of newspapers and and writing the FBI, which is funny. Yesterday, uh, there was an article or a, a piece that came out uh, that said the FBI is now being attacked by the right by the, I saw that. Was yeah. in Miami, right? Yep. Yeah. It, you sent it, me that, right? <clears throat> and the um, attorney who re- represents um, uh, victims—that's I sent you that article, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, um, Mark Zaid, he repeatedly he he's had several statements and and uh about this being a government cover-up and what he means by it is that the government knows what's going on and the government would not acknowledge any domestic cases neither with uh, a federal uh happening to federal employees or civilians and the government needs to acknowledge it then it needs to investigate it and it needs to stop it because I am a part of general public. And my message is if it can happen to me, my brain can be remotely accessed and damaged. It can happen to anyone because I'm not, I'm, I'm literally nobody. I'm just happened to be uh, on the radar. They probably got a sample of my DNA and DNA has resonant frequency. This is just like a tuning fork. It will vibrate if the frequency is correct. Well, every molecule has a resonant frequency, and DNA is a mo- is just another molecule that unique to you. Therefore, the resonant frequency is also unique to you. So, just like we can find from a satellite um, um, scanning, and you know. Visually, we can. Uh, I think in the seventies they were bragging. We can we can see uh, a a license plate from a satellite, but it doesn't have to be a visual. You can just scan for frequency. You can find that frequency like you like just like you can find your cell phone anywhere on the planet because we have full satellite coverage. We we have we have access through this. Uh, uh, That's the best analogy yeah. I've heard. Is put all your cell phones in a big bag. Why does only one ring? Because of resonance frequencies. Everything is resonance. And that's what Tesla. What do you mean? Why does only one? If you put all your cell phones in a bag. And you, and someone that, dials a phone number, uh, only that phone number will oh, ring. Right. Okay. Why is right. that? And so people kind of wonder, how can you target a single human or a single brain amongst the whole room of people? Right, and that's just a good analogy. Mm. You guys were talking about something about twins, about uh, maternal or, or paternal twin. Oh children. yeah, I was just saying With the same DNA. If they have, if that theory is correct, and it's a theory because I haven't studied it, that you can tune in altered DNA patterns, and I don't see why not. You couldn't do that, but uh, you would. I the first thing I do is go find you know identical twins right find out if they are being targeted when they're in the same room you know or if you can find a pair that one is targeted and one is not and mm-hmm. why would that be they have identical dna um so it, it's still a theory at this point that he's projecting mm-hmm. I, I, yeah it's a, it's a speculation it, and um the other way uh to find somebody by their brain uh, uh, signature also. Just you scan um, um, the area and whatever resonates, you know, you get the signal back 
that's your target and you apply that energy to that uh, target which is a human brain hmm. you know there are actually so there are several modalities mm -hmm. and methods and tactic and techniques that we can use to alter brain patterns and stimulate the nervous system uh um it's usually done on monkeys. You can find the research from the Navy and other organizations uh, that sponsored some of these horrific uh, things on life that feels pain. Um, and, you know, our history isn't that great, isn't pleasant when things are exposed you know there are a hundred other things going on that haven't been so the idea with individuals in specific people like len people like um the lawyer and and uh i think it was tallahassee is that you can use this sort of artificial intelligence voice in the head to break down the ego and control an individual to perform certain acts ultimately yes and and uh in project soul catch i referred to a myron may as a myron may right as a psycho bomb they didn't care who the target was they were just trying to make them explode and do something bad. And if the problem is, if these people do explode and do something bad like this, there's absolutely no way to prove that there has been any sort of manipulation to the brain. In this guy's case, he talked about it. I mean, obviously he talked. But it, but it was covered up he by the, the news. Way they, the yeah. way they write the article, he sounds like a crazy person. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's part of plausible deniabilities and direction. That's another another fascinating thing with the CIA is the use of conspiracies to sort of create stigma around certain things, certain technologies or certain topics, whether, for example, if they are working on something, they want to create stigma and create conspiracy theories around certain things to sort of use that as a weapon against that idea. Yeah. And in fact, uh, the Homeland Security now, Biden has weaponized them that if, that there are dangerous conspiracies and we got to stop right. these. And, right. That's another, and, and, yes. So your broadcasts, we may all be arrested. I don't know. <laughs> this might be a dangerous conspiracy. Mm. <laughs> or we're telling the truth and we're saving lives because knowledge if you have knowledge ahead of time, Len, would you have gone through as much pain? Mm -hmm. I mean, you would have you would have been able better to cope early on. Right. So we're trying to spread awareness and knowledge of you know that it's a machine and not your actual family, let's say, berating you. And mind control is so powerful in these weapons and voice to God. I mean, we are you have no ability to discern like looking at a, a com computer a television uh, what goes into your mind it is directly stimulating those neurons to think that so i mean it's taking is bypassing your peripheral vision some people can see through their third eye and that's called in psychology the visual workspace uh, some people can smell artificial things, taste artificial things. 
all the senses have been bypassed. Like in the movie, mm. the matrix, they're literally plugged in to a synthetic controlled reality that they cannot differentiate from their external bodily senses. Do you, do you have any reason to believe that organizations like the CIA have used stigma as a, as a tool to discredit these kind of conversations. It's unfortunate. We've, uh, we had laws, I think passed in the seventies that psyops by our Pentagon, our military Pentagon, CIA, et cetera, could not be done to the American public because that's kind of ruining the whole idea of democracy. Um, but that was reversed after nine 11 and, uh, some other events since. So, um, I don't, I, I mean, it's just the, it's the, the game of war, uh, war games that all countries play with each other. And of course they're going to do it. I just don't like that. They're doing it to my population. And is there evidence that they've been doing it? Yes. It's a, it's everywhere. And, and what I do a lot it's of everywhere. Yeah. And a lot of times what I do in my research, because I'm a scientist, is I'll go through the patent office, let's say, and uh, there's obvious economic good science that's going to lead somewhere, and then a big black space. I look in those black spaces. Uh, why isn't there more research there? It went dark. The patents were pulled. The research went dark. Uh, there are a lot of examples that, uh, then, and this is the biggest one for me that woke me up from the matrix is this technology is world changing and people are complaining about it everywhere. <laughs> uh, the news won't cover it. I mean, that is a huge cover up, and it's all, and all they have to say is you're crazy. And then the response is, well, maybe you're just dumb. <laughs> you know, there are two forms of, uh, you can be an ultimate skeptic, which will get you nowhere. Or you can be totally, you know, gullible. Hmm. And those are two extremes. And just do, you know, your research and you'll see all this. What do you think, Glenn? I think the biggest problem is people can't imagine how much this neuroscience advanced how much it matured, what the possibilities are. It is uh, often described as science fiction, but it is totally real. It's, it's real, and every neuroweapon expert, from Giordano to McRae to Christian and their colleagues, are saying this is no longer science fiction. This is this is reality. You have to accept, uh, and we have to deal with it. That the civilian population is attacked. Uh, the technology exists. Your brain can be accessed remotely, damaged remotely, and and we need to have a public conversation about it. Let me ask you, Danny. Uh don't you think Hollywood and a lot of movies and et cetera are slowly getting the next generation ready to accept this kind of technology? There are so many movies made about it. 
and uh, but it, it, they're in the realm of science fiction. Mm. Um, it would be a good way to make someone like Elon Musk, the scapegoat, for example, we just developed this technology. And so, um, and, and maybe it can cure mental illness. This is my hypothesis. They're going to stop it one day. They're going to say, we have neurotechnology that can retrain the brain out of its dysfunctional patterns. Uh, suddenly they just, you know, they quit torturing the people, the TIs, and they don't do anymore. And they just say, well, it's because we found a cure. And that's how they're going to excuse all the past atrocities. This is called a, a mentacost, uh, which is menticide, the killing of the mind. And it's done on a mass scale, a mentacost. Um, and I think they're going to get away with it. I really do. I know that's depressing, but uh, I don't think uh, we're going to be able to expose this because it, it, will, it, it will create anarchy if people believe it. Um, how many weapons, how, how many different projects like this are going on right now that are completely hidden from the public that the public has no idea about? So things like what we're talking about right now, people are aware of it. People have been aware of it for a while. People have been talking about Havana syndrome for a while. Nothing has been done really, but I mean, things like this, people are at least aware of. How many more things are there beneath the surface that people don't have any idea about? They're all interconnected. I mean, wars about um, ultimately controlling the enemy. The, the book, The Art of Wars, you know, an excellent short read. And it's to make your enemy believe you're near when you are far. It's to believe you are weak when you are strong. It's to believe you are you know, unorganized when you're very smart and strategic. Um, and so they do, they play all these games uh, along with the torture scripts right right out of the books um, on the target. And they make them believe that their neighbor with a ray gun is doing it to them or a van. Um, they, you know, you are near when you're actually far. And all they have to do is jump on an airplane, find out, and we'll follow them anywhere. Uh, it, uh, how many projects? Um, they're so integrated. They're numerous. They're numerous. Uh, you know, uh, but you, you, you see the beginnings of them. Like a, I remember as a child, I, I made a mazer. Maser is like a laser. A micro, the M just stands for microwave amplification, stimulated emission radiation. But now we really have guns like that. And the Navy just had, had uh, hooked up a big argon laser that shoots down missiles on their ships. So you can see the beginnings oftentimes. What is, uh, there's something called like Project Blue Beam? Yeah, good one. What uh, is that? That is that's lasers, right? Yeah, I can I can actually talk about that one, but that is uh, uh, <laughs> it's really bad. But you know the people that see orbs in the sky, 
Yeah. Uh, go around and fly faster UFOs? than UFOs. You know, UFOs. Yeah, the, there's there's navy pilots. There's an uh yeah, multiple yeah, the, navy pilots who talk about they got their so they were flying F18s these these oh. navy pilots and one of them's coming in here in a couple in 2 weeks. He's uh oh. Ryan Graves. Okay. He uh he's a navy pilot flying off the coast of North Carolina and they they got their uh, their radar upgraded on their F-18s, and yeah. all of a sudden they were seeing these things darting around on their radar. Okay. Uh, don't tell him what I'm about to say and see if he knows about um, it. Okay. Um, so what we do is we play with our own forces to make sure our trickery will work on the enemy. Uh, and those are directed energy weapons of where we do intersecting beams or focus beams into the atmosphere and notice they're always in the atmosphere, to excite the electron orbitals of the oxygen and, and nitrogen uh, in our atmosphere. And it causes a glow and it causes ionization. That ionization shows up on radar. And like a, it's like a cat laser pointer. And we're making planes chase them. That's exactly how they describe these things moving, like laser pointers. Yeah. And so we can do it in three space. We can make it look like. In three-dimensional space. Yeah. And we can make it look like uh, an entire fleet is about to drop bombs on, let's say, Europe. And then just have them disappear. And they ha- they get all their planes up in the air. And we attack them from the other direction. Uh, assuming we're attacking Who Europe. is doing this? The Navy, you said? Uh, somebody, <laughs> let's just say a group, a group, you know. And you know this for a fact. I know it for a fact, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, don't tell your guests. A group within the U.S. government. Yeah, okay, we'll leave it at that. Yes. And, and is I, this something Is this something that could be seen with the naked eye? Or yes, is this something because that it only... glows. It glows. So it would be seeable, you can see it by the naked eye, and it would leave a radar trace. So it's perfect as a deception. Now, have you heard of the accounts of these things going underwater? These things c- come out of the water, zip around, they fly. They, there's been accounts of these things going in between when there's two F-18s flying in formation. One of them, they're described as, one of them specifically, uh, which Ryan Graves describes mm-hmm. as, as a, a sphere with a cube inside. And each apex of the cube is touching the sphere. Okay, no, I don't know about that technology okay so that's different i know you can make this appear as it goes in water uh but it wouldn't have the shape of a cube you can make them cigar shape you can alter it somewhat and i've worked on holography quite a bit but nothing is detailed holograms yeah holograms in three-dimensional space uh uh there's a japanese company so i can talk about the use femtum uh Fento uh, pulsed lasers uh, to create touchable holograms, uh, tiny little laser beams that excite the air and and their midpoints, and then create different colors. Even with now, it. is this something that they would be able to do on a massive scale, a hundred miles offshore? Well, that's the thing. I don't think so, but I'm saying they can just create you know little orbs and okay. split them up and make them do cool things and. You know, the razzle-dazzle, shocking off, act of war. Right. Or, oh, and you asked me about Project Bluebeam. Well, that's what it's about. And, and it invo- involves the voice of God weapons that I was talking about. Project Bluebeam does. And this got, this got leaked. Uh, and so it probably won't have the effect and they probably won't do it. But if you wanted to bring the world together, as President Reagan said, 
and several UN speeches, you would have a common enemy like evil aliens attacking. We forget right. our differences right. and we fight against it. So we wouldn't Brock, look at each other as, as Chinese or Russian yeah. or American. We'd look at each other as earthlings. It's her humans. Yeah, as earthlings. And so that was Project Bluebeam was to trick the human race into believing either God is coming down, everybody hears the voice of God, the microwave hearing effect, uh, get along, give, you know, whatever the new message is. Or it was going to be the evil aliens attacking. And notice how they, all of a sudden, all the governments release all their information on UFOs, and there's a whole uh, division dedicated. And that's just deception. It's just you think it's all deception? I think it's all deception. Really? Yeah. But, you know, that's my opinion. I, I've looked at all the videotapes mm. and uh, that people have given me. And I can explain away each one of them. So apparently, but there's there's apparently lots of footage and video videos and photos that have not been released to the public. Yeah, I haven't seen those, so I, I can't get And if you think this is all some sort of psyop, what do you think the ultimate purpose of it is? Distraction against a lot of this human experimentation we're doing. Um, distraction distraction the remember i told you the people i interview they're actually told uh we're evil aliens and we're doing this to you uh you know some of them are people that are dealing with something similar exactly to what how many people have you interviewed personally 2500 roughly 2500 yeah so i have a good sample point of all the trickery they use on their targets now, when you do these interviews, do you sit down in person with all of them? No, a lot of them over the phone or internet. Okay. Some are do you record them? No, I respect people's privacy immensely, and I always worry. They don't give you permission to record it? They, Some of them do, and I say, no, I'm not leaving any trace that if I, uh, I'm a little paranoid, but if I get raided, I don't want anyone's name attached to me. Uh you know that was just my policy, and it's like any good shrink. You don't, you don't, you you keep people's privacy. So, with artificial intelligence, the way it's evolving in the military sector and in the commercial sector, um, if there's no accountability or transparency for the development of this kind of technology. How is it possible to be optimistic about the future of humanity? Let's just say this is an, a, a catastrophic evolutionary event of the human race. I don't think it can be stopped. Uh, there's a weapon system uh, acronym Satan Silent Assassination through Adaptive Networks, and that's neural networks, which is artificial intelligence, or social networks. Uh, very complex system, uh, but it's uh, and it's a combination of tactics as well as artificial uh, manipulation. Uh, I I am not I do not think the future looks good for humans the way we are. Now you could go the Klaus Schwab way. We genetically engineer everyone to be happy with nothing, you know. Or using mind control, we stimulate the seven pleasure centers of the brain while people work and are productive. 
And if they're not, we give them a little pain and behavioral modify the human race that way. So they're happy little slaves. I mean, there are a whole bunch of ways this could turn out, but humans will not be the same. <laughs> so you're not optimistic about no, the future? No, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. If they, and that's assuming we don't kill ourselves. Uh, you know, nuclear war is looming. It's a very real possibility. Putin might want to take the world with him. You know, uh, I, it's hard to know what will happen. We have, I don't even know if this is public knowledge, but we have something like 1,300 class three biopathogenic bioweapons development labs in the U.S. alone. How about another leak like uh, we had in Wuhan, perhaps? You know, I, I don't know if that. Yeah, there's so many possibilities. There's so many possibilities. And just getting into the fringe of neuro weapons and and lasers is is something that boggles my mind. But it seems like nukes are a primitive they are weapon compared everyone, to what we have now. Yeah, everyone can build a nuke. We monitor the world, make sure they're not. In fact, that's why we got into the war with Iraq is we had bad intel. We thought they were actually purifying uranium weapons of mass destruction, et cetera. That was our justification. Mm, to the um, public. Yeah. The CIA denies it and said, no, they told them those parts that they bought were not for purifying uh, uranium or plutonium. Anyway, that's their internal battle. Uh, it's a primitive weapon, and no one wants to use them because it destroys buildings, property, stuff. What they want to do is change the people's culture or mind. That's a competition mm. of that. That would be the best weapon. That's why mind-controlled weapons or neural weapons and cognitive weapons are, are everyone's racing to do. Now, you can still use bullets and bombs, so that destroys buildings as well. Mm. You could use a neutron bomb that just irradiates a dirty bomb that irradiates uh, the city and kills the people, but then... It's radioactive for, you know, 50 years right. and unusable. So China said the future wars that they're looking at are going to be biological, viral, uh, mostly, and then robot wars, literally. You mm. know, uh, uh, We have Boston Dynamics. We have, uh, they have their equivalent. And these dogs with, <laughs> I'm not making this up, but... Uh, Dogs with laser beams on them and uh, and can target. It sounds like an Austin Powers movie. Sharks with laser beams yeah. on their actually, uh, but uh, machine guns and they can target very accurately and, and run about twenty five miles per hour. And, uh, they're vicious. Um, so war is going to take on a whole new shape for sure. Um, so the U.S. government has recognized this as a real thing for people, former agents, CIA agents, whatever, former dipl diplomats. They're being taken care of medically for this and they're being treated, correct? Correct. And the problem is no civilians are being treated for us. So two-part question. How are the diplomatic people being treated for it? How is it being recognized? How is the government specifically recognizing them? So there is a Havana Act that the Congress passed, and they it's published in the Federal Register, and they um, turn that um, light on, Austin. They um, um, listed. They didn't list the diagnostic criteria, but they said um, that a 
a board certified neurologist can diagnose it based on these uh, these methods MRI uh, EEG um, um, computer tomography um, so neurological damage acquired uh, due to hostile activity or something like that the Havana uh, uh, abbreviation that's what it stands for there is no recognition from any government agency that it is happening domestically to either federal employees or civilians. And my case is a perfect example of it. I've been diagnosed. I have the same diagnosis. Um, all the experts recognized it. They're all on the same page. The government would not investigate it, would not recognize it. And if it doesn't recognize it, it wouldn't investigate. It wouldn't protect me. It wouldn't protect other members of the general public. And that's the problem. That's the conversation that we need to have. What kind of treatment are these former diplomats or former uh, CIA agents getting for this? As far as I understand, if their active attacks stopped, the treatment is very similar to a post-traumatic brain injury. It's basically rehabilitation. In my case... I was recommended vestibular rehabilitation and simply doesn't work because I am being attacked every day. So I go to vestibular rehab and they say, you're worse than, than last time. I said, yeah, because I had several attacks in between. So my attacks are ongoing and treating it is like putting a Band-Aid on a bleeding wound. It's just not going to happen. It, it's, not, it's, not, it's not helping. But I'm it, getting progressively worse but it is helping the diplomats we don't know if their attack stopped because the reporting has been very obscure about it there are some diplomats uh, for example mark Lindsay, his family him and his family were attacked in china and then they were attacked in philadelphia when they came to um for treatment at their residence and at the hotel domestically so overseas and domestically so there are single cases where the diplomats the the federal employees were attacked both overseas and domestically the cuban diplomats the reporting is rather obscure but um so your guess is as good as mine i don't know if they stopped or if they continue, but they're receiving some kind of rehabilitation treatment. Yeah, that would be a, an incredibly interesting question. I don't have access to those people mm -hmm. to find that out, but imagine a, a knife wound, a stab wound, and you keep turning the knife. There's no way for the brain to heal. There's no way for this psychological scarring from all the breakdown scripts and, and torture to actually heal because it's continuous it's a slow kill weapon in a way. but the important thing to recognize is that our government has publicly acknowledged that this technology does exist and is being used outside of the united states at least they may not be recognizing it. it's they're recognizing that it's real right this is not a That's conspiracy true. theory this is a real weapon that our government has confirmed as being used by either by adversaries or by us against other adversaries, right? Correct. They have not identified a weapon, but they have identified that it's a real thing from directed energy. From directed energy. 
just we got to get to the point where they can recognize that it's being used in the domestic our inside our country right now right how um how it's been delivered who's behind it why they're doing it we all need to know uh if uh i'm a um non-consensual experimental subject for a newer weapon that that's been delivered which is my really most plausible hypothesis because uh I don't see I don't see any foreign agents in Bloomingdale, Illinois, <laughs> uh, driving a van. I mean, obviously, yeah. this is not this is not There's happening. No guy driving doing a drive by no. holding a satellite dish. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. Thank you guys very much for coming on here and talking about this. I really appreciate it, Len and Duncan. Yeah. And uh, again, thank you for having us. And we want people to look up Havana syndrome. And this is just the tip of the iceberg, why we're on here, and to ask your politicians to, you know, and news agencies to look deeper into this. And until people are fully aware what Havana Syndrome is, they're not going to understand the public's uh, health issues that could occur. If it can happen to Len, it can happen to anybody. And... um, so thank you again, Danny. And where, uh, Len, where can people find out more about you specifically and the talks that you do and find more of your work? And the same goes for you. Uh, I'm on Twitter at uh, P. Sardonicus. That's my best. Can you spell that? P-S-A-R-D-O-N-I-C-U-S. Okay, I'll link. I'll put a link <laughs> so people can just click it. It's linked below. And uh, Duncan? Uh I have uh, my popular book is Project Soulcatcher, uh, Sacred Cyber, Cybernetic Warfare Revealed. Uh, it can be found on Amazon. Um, I personally am just myself, my private page. If you like my sense of humor or not, you're going to get it. <laughs> and that's just at Robert Duncan on Facebook, and you'll recognize me. Um, but uh, right now I'm, I'm restricted, you know, how Facebook does that if you tell too much truth or they don't get your sense of humor so all right well thank you guys both very much and uh sleep tight everyone